Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 2, Episode 11, Leading from the Heart. Mary, what happened this week? Emily Valentine is back, but don't get excited because she doesn't really do anything. (laughs) David asks Donna out, but nothing happens with that either. (laughs) Brenda finally passes her driving test and gets her license. To celebrate, Cindy plans a party for all her friends. The twins' cousin Bobby calls to let them know he's considering transferring to UCLA and will be coming to visit. Brenda acts all weird when Kelly asks if that's the hot guy she's seen in the Walsh family photos. It turns out she's acting all weird because Bobby was in an accident that left him paralyzed. Bobby and Kelly meet at Brenda's driver's license party and flirt hard. Bobby invites Kelly to go horseback riding to prove he can still do a lot of things, even though he's in a wheelchair, while heavily implying that his dick still works. (laughs) (laughs) Kelly invites Bobby to a party, which goes terribly because of stares and asshole teenagers. Bobby takes out his frustration on Kelly. Brandon reveals his feelings of guilt over Bobby's accident. And that's it. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to pull up the trailer for this week. It is 11 seconds long. Oh, my God. Even they know nothing happens. Oh, my God. Yeah, like, this episode started super promising. Yeah, very very strong because our girl, Emily Valentine, is back. It's the first thing you see. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, yeah, so she's just walking down the hall and Brandon runs up to her and when Emily Valentine and Brandon were talking and it had that long shot of them like facing each other and then they zoomed in a little bit, I was like, they kind of have the same hair. Just imagine if Brandon let his little bangs down. Oh my God. Because <laughs> yeah. like from the profile, it looked very similar. Like it, it was kind of like slicked back a little bit on the sides. It was like the same length. So all you would need is just to put Brandon's little bangs down. And he had that one little guy like that was sticking out that was coming down. So imagine if you just put the rest of it. I mean, Brandon's <laughs> best attribute is his hair. No, it totally is. And the reason I thought it was similar is because I also was like, Emily also kind of looks like Wolverine hair. <laughs> <laughs> and last up or two episodes ago or something, I mentioned that Brandon could do oh, good. I remember. Wolverine. Yeah. I mean, that would be there probably the best pairing right now because they can share hair products yeah they're um efficient (laughs) yeah what more do you need in a significant other just to share hair care products (laughs) absolutely nothing i don't know like i honestly just blanked out on this whole conversation i have no idea what they talked about because all i could think of was emily valentine is way too cool for brandon it's very true um i don't i do think this is actually kind of an organic pairing though like you're saying it's a good pairing so far because it feels even though like pretty much as soon as, she, as soon as she comes to town he's like i'm gonna ask you on a date and then it just doesn't really go anywhere but now it seems like they're more organically getting to know each other instead of just sticking to just like girl of the week dates well and it kind of honestly feels like process of elimination well that's like dylan asked her out but now he's back with brenda steve didn't ask her out because they just don't know what to do with poor steve poor steve man. and then david will never get over kelly i guess or will he yeah he might as long as you smile at him he's like oh you're next (laughs) he's like she's got blonde hair yeah she's got a good nose with kelly so maybe i can convince her to be kelly (laughs) he's like that's a natural nose yeah 
That's not a new nose. <laughs> but speaking of, um, yeah, so like, I guess it's right after they talk, um, Emily and Brandon talk, is when you hear David doing some announcement for school on his radio show, and then he like starts a song. And after he starts a song, Donna walks by and literally just looks at him and waves. Like, yeah, they she's know just each like, other. Oh, hey, friend. And he's just like, I'm over Kelly. Yeah. I want you. Right. And he immediately runs out of his radio booth, which I'm like, you're not supposed to do that, I didn't think. I know. He made a big deal about having to leave during a song when Scott was there. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. I guess he was like, I can ask this girl out and get, get back, back in, time. in two minutes. Yeah. Because either she's going to reject me immediately or say yes immediately. And then either I have way. to leave immediately. <laughs> so she doesn't change her mind. Um, but yeah, he immediately runs out, asks her on a date, and... Producer Mary brought this up to us right before we started recording, and we think he asked her to go to dinner. But later, she references that he asked her to go to a movie. (laughs) So we're not sure what happened. I mean, honestly, I would lie about David Silver asking me out, too. Because, like, if you're going to a movie, it could be more as friends. I feel like, you know, you saw Kelly's reaction of, like, you're dating, we're dating David Silver now. Yeah, I love how she said we. Like, we're dating him. That's so funny. Well, because he is obsessed with her. Like, I don't think he's ever going to get over Kelly. Probably not. And even if he, quote unquote, does in the show and, like, starts dating Donna, he's not going to get over Kelly. Yeah. I think the only thing that would make him, I mean, maybe, unless he's truly as creepy as we keep making him out to be, is if Mel, his dad, and Jackie further their relationship and end up getting married. Yeah, but I mean... I don't know. I feel like at some point they would try and rationalize, like, it's okay. They're step-siblings. It's fine. I don't remember, but I hope not. <laughs> I feel like that's totally going to happen. I, I mean, feel like that's so weird. Like, even in Clueless, when Cher that's ends what, up with her like, ex-stepbrother, that weirds me the fuck out. That's mm-hmm. what I mean. Like, it's weird, but I feel like in, you know, especially because of Clueless, that they were like, I mean, it's okay. They're fine. And, you know, in Clueless, they rationalized that, like, he never actually lived with them. Mm-hmm. Like, they were never brother and sister, quote unquote. And, like, I don't know. I just, I refuse to believe that David's ever truly going to get over Kelly. And he's just going to date Donna. And it's just going to be uncomfortable for me. And I feel like it should be uncomfortable for Donna. Because he's obsessed with your friend. Right. He's been obsessed with every girl around you except you. Until now. Yeah, it literally just took her looking at him and waving. But they've talked. They were they did that Shakespeare play together. They've been around for a while. So like, it's like, what changed? He's literally... I, I would know. feel not cool around David. And then, yeah, the fact that, like, David showed up to the slumber party and took pictures mm-hmm. of them. And he's been filming Kelly. And he's been obsessed with Kelly. Like... Nothing would make me want to date David Silver. I don't care what kind of glow up this kid's going to have. (laughs) It's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Except it does. And I'm going to blame that on Donna's low self-esteem because of Kelly. Fair. We're dating David Silver now? (laughs) I wonder if David spending more time with Kelly because their parents are now seeing each other has made him realize that she's not whoever he had on that pedestal last season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, he's realizing that she's a person with flaws. And she's maybe more than just, just a nose. Yeah. Maybe he's just <laughs> looking past the nose and seeing the person <laughs> that lives inside her skull. 
He's like, oh, never mind. I only liked you for your nose. Can you imagine if like someone said that to you? That'd be so <laughs> weird. No one would say that. Yeah. Except well, David. Yeah. Except David. Um, but he also like made a weird comment. This is the last I'll say about this because I think we're giving David Silver and Tyler too much like podcast time yes. <laughs> for the little that he was in this episode. But like Donna and we'll get to why Donna can't make it like we're I jumped ahead a little bit but Donna is basically like well no I can't because I already have plans with Brenda and then David's like she can come too and he's like oh that's not gonna work is it yeah it's like no it's not gonna work that's not how I mean how dating works (laughs) oh god that's And, and then I was like wait so is he just asking her out like as a friend or what yeah, and I guess that kind of makes sense when she goes later and, you know, is talking to them asking if David can come to the party. Yeah. Because she's like, no, we were just going to go as friends. Because, yeah, he invited another girl to go with them. Yeah, so it's very confusing signals. I mean, I just think David doesn't know what he's doing. And, like, there's not really any chemistry between the two of them. I don't think David has chemistry with anyone. Maybe Steve. <laughs> He hasn't even really been idolizing Steve as much lately. It's true. Maybe now that he's in the circle, he, like Mary said, like, maybe the pedestals have started to, like, fall a little bit because he's actually in the group, whereas he used to not be. So all he had was outside looking in. Also because know. David's gotten taller. <laughs> so they're just not that They're not, on they're not up that anymore. high anymore. They're not literally that high. <laughs> Oh, I also feel like this might be giving David too much credit. Like, I think he is starting to feel more about himself. And, like, that's why he's feeling less about them, if that makes sense. Like, you know, when they had the episode where Scott came back, who we haven't seen since then. Right. And David was just like, oh, I've been hanging out with the cool kids all summer. Like, I'm above you now. Like, I think he's elevated himself more. Sure. Rather than, like seeing them as regular people he's like oh i'm one of you now yeah Yeah. he's got that sophomore mindset (laughs) god he is such a baby what all happens to sophomores is you just think you're cooler they're like i'm not a freshman anymore i'm basically a senior it's like i am now what you guys were last year i'm cool (laughs) (laughs) but he's not cool because when donna has to leave and he has to leave (laughs) he says ciao (laughs) You're not in France, David. Italy. Whatever. <laughs> Portugal. Isn't Chow slang in like every language except Probably. English? Probably. I think he's trying to make it slang in English. But no, he said I'm that. trying to make fetch happen. <laughs> it's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, no. I just wrote in my notes, stop it, David. In yeah. all quotes. I just put four question marks. <laughs> Chow? Um... But yeah. yeah, we did get a little ahead of ourselves. But at least we can wrap up the David story. So. I know, because that was literally yeah. it. He's gone now, and he's never coming back. <laughs> this episode. Bye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, because the other big point in this episode is that Brenda is taking her driver's test again, again. today. For the third time. Fourth time. I think they say the third time, but yeah, oh. I think it is the fourth time. It's probably the third time in this state. I think oh, it's the third time yeah. she's taken the test because the last time was the third time she took driver's ed. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So maybe she sense. hadn't taken the test yet after driver's mm. ed. Yeah, because maybe Yeah, because like- that's what Brandon is telling Emily. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, because he asked like what her problem is and he said parallel parking and I was like, 
That's everyone's shame. problem. I feel like this is not like this is making me feel bad that they're shaming Brenda that she can't drive because she can't parallel park. Like I can barely parallel park. Well, you would think that there would be more issues. Like she would have more issues. Like like stopping. At yeah, a stop like when sign she rolled or... through the stop sign because she thought she saw Henry Winkler. Exactly. Like so, maybe she's gotten over all of those, and this is the last hurdle or something. Because yeah. let's be real, that is definitely the hardest part of a driver's test is the parallel parking. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's why the next car I get is going to have, like, sensors on every single side mm-hmm. and, like, cameras in 18 different directions. Oh, and that's the thing. Like, I mean, because my car, before my new car, didn't have any bells and whistles. It's, it's like, the same as Paco, which is your yeah. car. And just having the backup camera makes parking and backing up and parallel parking way easier. And it's just one feature. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like the whole reason I have Paco is because he's so tiny, which means I can parallel park in like a normal parking spot easily. Right. It's like you don't have to do the whole like drive all the way up to the next car, cut all the way and like do the little wiggle in. You can probably just like I can just slide in. (laughs) He's like 10 feet long. Yeah. He's a little baby. Cute little Paco. Yeah. Nothing can fit in him, but he can fit in every space. (laughs) Weird. (laughs) Um. But, okay, so I do love that Brandon and Dylan go to the driver's test to, like, support mm-hmm. Brenda. I don't love how creepy Brandon is before. Yes, when he's, like, sneaking all up on her and, like, real close behind her ear, I was like, this is way too flirty for what, like, everyone sees it. I know, and I think maybe it was the, um, when we were doing our crossover with the future bachelor maybe Cy and veronica were the first to point out how creepy it is i don't remember somebody pointed out to us like how much chemistry they have and i don't remember who it was but ever since then i can't i can't not see the weird chemistry between brandon and brenda yeah it's like i don't think john was definitely not the first one to point it out but he has come in while i've been watching episodes and just been like are they dating right like no. It's, it's the twin talks. I know. It's, it's the pros and cons list. It's <laughs> like the flirty eyes when they go into each other's bedrooms. It's yeah. that weird nose kiss that Brandon gave Brenda <laughs> a few episodes ago. Oh, my gosh. Well, it's, it's all of it. This. Like, he just gets real up close behind her and has that smile and all that stuff. Ready, Bren? <laughs> like, do you talk to your sister like this? <laughs> and then he lets her take the test in his car. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, if my sister, who I knew was a bad driver, mm-hmm. was taking the test, I would be like, actually, I think you should borrow mom's car. Yeah. But she has a station wagon, and she can't parallel park yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. But that would be a lot harder. Brandon has a Stang. Ugh. Also gross. <laughs> Which, he's had to get fixed, like, four times. Do you realize that? Mm-hmm. Since yeah. he's had it, he backed into Sharice. Mm-hmm. It broke down and got towed. Mm-hmm. Like, this that's- boy is no better. He's talking some shit that he should not be talking. Well, and it's like he's probably already paid more in repairs than the worth of the car. (laughs) Which I have a comment about that later. Okay. But before they go to the driving test, Brenda is walking down the hall with Kelly and Donna and talking about the dream that she had about (laughs) having to parallel park an 18-wheeler between cones full of explosives. And she was like, if I hit a cone, I died. Like... We needed to see this visual. I know. <laughs> I was really sad that this episode didn't actually open on that mm-hmm. and then, like, go to school and just start the same way it started. Because, like, there was a good, you know, 30 or 40 seconds at the beginning of the episode of just people walking into school mm-hmm. that 
was totally unnecessary. Like there were two old ladies that walked into the school and I was like, are, does this mean anything? I was like, are those teachers? <laughs> yeah. And then like Andrea mentioned the PTA later and I was like, oh, were they PTA members? And then nothing happened. And it's like, I got too into these old ladies for no reason. I think we give this show a little bit too much credit sometimes because <laughs> we've been trained in so many other shows to like constantly be alert to clues or like foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. This show doesn't do any of that. Well, yeah. I mean, even right before we started recording when Mary said, that's good enough. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's what everyone says about this show. <laughs> it's good enough. But I think then... Like, after all that, which, yes, I would have loved to have seen that dream because Brenda's dreams are hilarious and so good. Uh, but she gets to the driver's test and she's doing all right. And then something uncomfortable happens. Oh, um, my God. That whole scene when they, like, come up and first, like, the woman's like, all right, parallel park. She goes, I'm terrible at that. I was like, first of all, don't do that. Mm-hmm. But then. They start playing music. Culturally insensitive everything it's very uh reminiscent of like wax on wax off yeah no they were trying to be like the instructor is her zen master and like all this stuff but i was like but it's an asian woman well and that's the thing is this goes back to our whole you can't have a person of color on this show without specifically pointing out that they are a person of color yeah like or like completely stereotyping stereotyping some like oh she's an asian woman so she must be wise and like it's like that uh, trope of just having a magical person of color to help a white yeah, person yeah. through their struggle no exactly and like we just had the episode where brandon goes into the quote-unquote hood and rap music starts playing yeah like, you do not need to call out someone's you know color mm-hmm. like they can just exist there's no reason to have to call this out i mean and to a lesser extent we even had music for Emily Valentine, and it was, like, rock music. Yeah. Because like, she was wearing a leather jacket. That, like, if this instructor was a white woman or a mm-hmm. white man or something and said these exact same things to her, it wouldn't make a difference. Right. So why do you have to call it out that she's an Asian woman? Yeah, that was really – I was just uh, – I did not like that. Well, I hated all of it. And then, like, I looked up this woman's IMDb page, and she is – pretty consistently playing this type of role like she was in pirates of the caribbean doing this type of thing and I, was hmm. like, I just really hate all of it like an asian woman cannot get a role without having to be the wise asian woman yeah it's like talk about typecasting like i hate that you can be typecast based on your race yeah you know like it'd be one thing if you were i mean doesn't matter if you're you know, African-American, Asian, white, whatever. But it'd be one thing if you're typecast based on based on your, I don't know, like nerdiness or your good looks or something like that. And like, because that happens and I get it. But then to be typecast just because you are a cer- of a certain ethnicity, mm, I'm just, I don't like it. Well, it's like, um, you know, I... It's really hard for us to have this conversation because we are three white women. So, like, it feels weird for me to say it. But, like, you know, when we've listened to episodes of Armchair Expert and, Mm -hmm. you know, Monica is Indian and she says that she really doesn't want to go out for roles that are, like, very stereotypically Indian Mm -hmm. and require her to have an accent. And, you know, Aziz said the same thing. Like, he had that whole Master of None episode where they were like, oh, we want you to have a stereotypical Indian accent. And he was like, but I don't why do I have to do it yeah he's like I grew up in South Carolina yeah <laughs> like or, and then like 
you know, Cal Penn mm-hmm. doing Taj Mahal mm-hmm. in Van Wilder and being like, that was a thing. Which didn't he say that like at the time he was fine with it, but now looking back or is it reversed? No, he said that when his um, agent called him and was like, oh, I have this role for you. And he was like, okay, well, what's, what is it? And she's like, no, come in and talk about it. And he's like, just tell me the name. Right. And then she said that the name of the, the character was Taj Mahal and he hung up on her. That's right. That's and right. And she had to talk him into it to be like, you know, look, you are a person of color. You are a minority actor at this point. You need to put something on your resume mm-hmm. so that I can get you more roles. And unfortunately, this is what's out there for you. Yeah. But I mean, that's the whole issue, right? Of like, you know, that movie like it was really funny at the time mm-hmm. but it does not hold up oh totally you not. can't yeah. have an, an, a character named Taj Mahal that does a stereotypical accent mm-hmm. that that actor does not have and think that that's going to come off well yeah yeah like you said it's hard to talk about because yeah we're all white mm-hmm. but I just I just wish it wasn't the case you know for anyone of color or anything like that because like just because you're a certain ethnicity or a certain color, whatever you want to call it, doesn't mean you fit into all of these tropes or stereotypes or whatever. Like, of course, like stereotypes happen out of something. They're not born out of nothing, but that doesn't mean you have to like always fit into it and only fit into it. I don't know. Yeah. They don't need to be perpetuated over and over and over yeah, and over well, and over. Exactly. And that's like, I'm so interested in the idea that, you know, this show aired in what 1992 at this mm-hmm. point and they're doing stuff like this but then van wilder was like 15 years ago and they right. were still doing it and you know i'm i know it still happens now it's just that we're getting to the point that we're realizing like this stuff didn't hold up then we shouldn't keep perpetuating it yeah i definitely think the awareness has gotten higher it's gotten better mm-hmm. it's just still not it's still slow to actually change yeah yeah it just like this whole scene made me really uncomfortable yeah that that's a good word for it i was just uncomfortable and yeah i mean the thing that they did the whole music and made her be like the zen master and this was the first time that brenda has successfully parallel parked in front of someone i guess i was like i mean that's great but literally anyone could have given her this advice i think it would have been a little bit better had they not done the music the music to me is what bothered me so much i'm not as because like at least in the past with this um with this show especially even in brenda's dreams we've seen like i don't know her get weird confidence from her dreams like for skydiving and because when she was a paratrooper (laughs) in the army (laughs) um but like she's gotten confidence from things that aren't real or things that are not realistic or something like that so it's almost like if it hadn't been the music and if the there was a bit of an affectation that she took on in her voice like yeah if she had just been a woman being like well just take a deep breath yeah you know vision yourself inside the space you can do like that would have been fine right don't need to point out that she is an asian actress right because even like um a few seconds before when brenda was like how am i doing she says so far so good she has zero change like that's change what I in mean. her voice yeah and then all of a sudden the the music comes on and she's suddenly like from i don't know like the old country yeah like immediately thrown back into like a traditional chinese or asian country yeah and just, has an accent well and that was the other thing is it was just very blandly asian yes, like exactly. they were just like she's asian they didn't 
That was it. That was what she was. It didn't matter if she came from a specific Asian country. She's just from Asia. Yeah. Not to mention how entirely unrealistic it is for a driving instructor to help you take your driver's <laughs> oh, test. Yeah. My driving instructor for my driver's test was just like the least helpful person in the world. Yeah, they instructed me on like, here's your next step. And that was and it. And that's it. And then at the very end, you, you got told whether you passed or failed. And that's it. Not even like, you could have done better at this or make sure when you're doing X, you're also doing this. Like, and then, yeah, when I did something wrong, because I changed lanes before they told me to, because mm-hmm. the driving school was on the right and I was in the left lane. And I like in my head, I was like, oh, I need to be in the right lane so he can tell me to turn in. But he wanted to tell me when to change lanes. And I did it ahead of time. And he was just like, I didn't tell you to do that. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, my God, I already failed, didn't I? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. There was no Zen master no. in my driving test. Good Lord, no. But she passes. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> finally. Thank, thank God that saga's finally over. <laughs> I do love that, like, when she's pulling in in the car, Brandon and Dylan are just standing there, like, watching her, like, do you think she passed? <laughs> How do you think it's going? Yeah. But yeah, she passes and then gets back home and starts trying to bug Jim for a car, which was just so reminiscent of Brandon mm-hmm. like six weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. I love that she isn't even asking for her own. She's like, hey, so uh, since you helped Brandon out with his car, uh, I get to drive it too, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and I, the whole thing, because Brandon goes, uh, dad didn't help me buy my car. He merely helped me repair it. And I was like, yeah, he did a full engine rebuild and got your car out of impound. He definitely paid more than you did. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, he may not have purchased the car, but he certainly made the car, like, runnable or, like, workable. Yeah, and I am curious who paid for Mondale in the beginning. Yeah. You would think it would have had to have been Jim and Cindy because Brandon was probably too young to have a job. Well, and he struggled to get the job at our town and then this just town. like this town? I thought it was our town. Maybe it is our town. I think it's this town with the this cumin. This town? Yeah. Okay. With the cumin. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, because our town's a play. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking of. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I thought it was funny because Brandon makes this big deal of like, no, no, we're not sharing my car. And then they go outside and he's like, do you want to drive? Yeah, he, like, (laughs) makes this big stink about, well, maybe you should get a job and pay for your own car, which is, like, okay, that's a fair point, yeah. I mean, she could get a job. Brenda should get a job. Yeah. (laughs) But then immediately outside, he's, like, bullying her to, like, now take it for a spin. Yeah. He was, like, no, no, we will do things on my terms because I am the man. Mm Mm-hmm. That was um, when he was already in a good mood, though, because Bobby came to visit, I think. Oh, yeah, because that's when Bobby calls. During dinner. And, yeah. Bobster. (laughs) That was such a throwaway line. There was no point to that because he doesn't say anything after that. He's not like, Mom, let me talk to him. Or like, Mom, how's he doing? Nothing. He just yells like, hey, yo, Bobster. And then they stay on his face for two seconds too long. (laughs) That's the thing. It's like. He's just got such an excited little boy face, and then mm-hmm. nothing happens. Well, and then Brenda looks at him exactly as I would. Like, she, like, rolls her eyes and is like, like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, and then Bobby is on the phone with Cindy saying that he wants to come out and, like, do a visit on UCLA's campus. 
and the entire mood changes. I was like, what is happening? Jim gets a concerned look on his face. And yeah. Cindy gets a concerned look. The music changes. They're like, what does this mean for us? But the twins are like super pumped about it. But like, yeah, all I could think was, why is it so weird that Bobby would want to transfer to UCLA? Like, they were doing this huge buildup to reveal that he's paralyzed that just rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, I was really like curious why they they didn't just come out and say it cuz at first it made me think like the the wheelchair thing was the furthest from my mind. I was thinking, okay, this guy he's a heroin addict. Yeah. Like seriously, I was thinking something. Mhm. Like he had a bad past. I don't I don't know, but definitely not wheelchair. That my mind didn't go there. Well, and the thing is like like I said, they just made such a big deal out of it because then the next day Brenda's at school and acting all weird and Kelly's like, oh my God, he's that hot guy in the pictures on your mantle. Mm -hmm. And she's like, look, he got in a really bad accident and he's in a wheelchair. He's not your type. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's horrible. So rude. It's very ableist. Well, and at is this when I can't remember which com which conversation it was, but was this the conversation? No, okay, this is before they actually we actually see Bobby. Yeah, yeah. When they get home today is when Bobby is there because mm-hmm. like it just it's I don't know who it's more offensive to. Every time they talk about it, if it's more offensive to Kelly calling her completely shallow, even though you're supposed to be one of her best friends, mm-hmm. or it's worse to Bobby telling him that he's lesser because he's in a wheelchair and no one like Kelly's going to like him. Right. Well, they do it repeatedly. They do. They, yeah, they definitely do. And they try to like, from Brandon and Brenda's perspective, they try to mask it as like overprotectiveness because they're just looking out for Bobby. But then at the same time, it's like nobody in this episode gives anyone any credit. <laughs> like That's no benefit I mean. of the doubt. Like they act like they're looking out for Bobby's best interest, but Bobby is still Bobby. Yeah, like, Bobby's still Bobby, Kelly's Kelly. Like The only difference is he can't take stairs and reach tall things on shelves. Exactly. You know what? I can't reach tall things on <laughs> shelves either. Yeah, and like, sure, his life has changed in the sense that he, there are definitely things he can't do, but that doesn't change him as a person. You know, well, and like, literally, like, I think the thing he can't do is stairs. Yeah. Because at one point, like, John had come back from grocery shopping And I made a comment about how, like, he wouldn't be able to drive a car or something. And John was like, you don't know that. And I was like, I don't because he's Mm -hmm. visiting. Like, he's probably having to take cabs and get rides everywhere because he didn't drive halfway across the country. Mm -hmm. And then he does mention a car later. And it's like, literally the only thing he can't do is stairs. Yeah. I mean, nowadays what they do for people who do want to drive that don't have the use of their legs is they have, like... The handbrake. Handbrake. And they've got... Um, they even have like gas pedals and stuff like as almost think of it now with the steering wheels, how you've got your volume changers and stuff Mm kind of like that, but like a bigger deal because it's powering the car. Um, but I mean like, I don't think he has a problem mm -mm. with getting literally anything except stairs because every time, you know, when they have the party and he makes a comment of like putting himself to bed and they're like, are you sure? Yeah. He is a grown man. Like, have you seen that upper body? Yeah. This this boy can get himself onto a couch. Well, and the thing is, too, is, like, and and I can understand to an extent because, like, I mean, I've talked about this, but my sister has a disability that um, where she has function in her legs, but it, there's just certain things that are harder and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. And so it's very easy as an outsider. So let's take Steve and Kelly. Um, 
versus Brandon and Brenda who have been around Bobby when he's in a wheelchair um, versus Stephen Kelly who probably haven't been around anyone in, in a wheelchair or at least if they have, it's in passing or something. It's very, very easy and very human to assume too much that those people who are in wheelchairs or do have disabilities, that they need more help than they actually do. Yeah. But for Brandon and Brenda, I feel like they should know. They should, but they don't. Right. Like they should know, all right, Bobby can, Bobby will ask. Like Bobby's not going to do anything that he can't do. And he's not going to do anything to put himself in danger or expect that he can do something that he can't. Like, so you would, you would feel like Brandon and Brenda would know that if Bobby really needed help or needed something, he would ask. Whereas it would be more human and like commonplace for Stephen Kelly to be a little bit more like, okay, what do you need? Are you good? Do you need anything? Can I get you something? Let me carry you up the stairs. Yeah. Like, cause that's just not understanding the situation and just not being around it. Totally understandable. I do know my sister at times has gotten frustrated with that, just like Bobby does in this episode. But she also understands, like, if you're not around me all the time, you you just don't know. Like, you yeah. don't know what I need and what I don't. <laughs> and, you know, I don't have that, you know, situation personally, so I am making assumptions that are probably wrong. But you would think that, yeah, being a person that, you know, has, like, being in a wheelchair or, like, having less function in your legs, like, mm-hmm. you know, like all right, here are the things that I can do. Here are the things that I can't do. Here are the things that I have to modify so that I can do them. Right. But I know that. That doesn't mean everyone around me knows that. Right. And like, I do kind of have to accept this to an extent. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, later when they go to the other guy's party and there's stairs everywhere and people aren't looking a foot down mm-hmm. to see a person and then falling on him and spilling shit all over him and then constantly asking if he needed anything, whether mm-hmm. or not they know him. You know, putting all of that together at once, you get why Bobby gets all angry. Totally. Oh, his reaction is 100% like right. Like, Mm -hmm. I genuinely had no issue with getting with him getting upset because I have no issue with Bobby. Yeah. Once again, the like side character that we never see again is my favorite part of the episode. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, because the thing is, is like when we first meet Bobby, he's playing basketball. And apparently he's kicking Jim's he's ass. He's kicking ass. He's got a wicked hook shot. Like I know. Like I love that the what is it, the ball hits Brandon's car and he's like, hey, Whoa, hey, whoa, what hey. is happening here? Yeah. And then Bobby like rolls up and they're all like so excited to see him. And then he says, Brenda, you look so gorgeous. Oh my god, yes. If we weren't first cousins. The Walshes. Everyone. Everyone's in love with everyone. What's going on with this family? <laughs> I know. I like all I could think of was like all of my male cousins flashed in my head and I was like, I would puke if any of them said any of that to me. Like, that's just... Uh, these if are the, we weren't first cousins. What? <laughs> if we would, Man. what would happen? Ugh. Ew. Yeah, it's very gross. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Brenda is beautiful, but you don't need to say it like that. You could be like, oh my God, you guys look so great. I haven't seen you in forever. Because he is their older cousin. Mm-hmm. Like... They say he's older than 21, so, mm-hmm. I mean, let's just assume he's 21 and they're, what, 16? Are they 17 at this point? Pro- I'd say they're probably 17. No, no cause it's cause not it's- November. They're Scorpios. Okay. Yeah, Fair. I was about they're to say. 16. So they're 16. He's yeah. 21. Like, if you're five years older, I could get being like, oh, my God, you guys grew up so much in the last right. year. I can even handle getting a compliment, like saying, like, um, you know, 
you look pretty. Yeah, like yeah, something like you very look so innocent. beautiful. There's a difference between beautiful and gorgeous in my yeah. mind. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. And then adding on, if we weren't first cousins. Yeah, that. Like, who in the writer's room thought that was a good idea? Uh, Darren Starr, because Darren Starr is credited with writing this episode. Yikes. Ugh. Yeah, I was like real excited when I saw the synopsis of like, Emily Valentine is back. Uh, you know, David asks Donna out, their mm-hmm. cousin comes and it's a huge deal. And then I watched the episode and it's like, Darren, maybe don't. Don't write anymore. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't make cousins creepy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I looked up Bobby's IMDb page because at this point I look up everyone's IMDb page once they're on too. the show, yeah. right? Did you guys know Bobby was Meredith's hospital roommate when she had rabies on The Office? Oh, no. What? He's That's literally funny. credited as like Meredith's hospital roommate. That's but funny. I just watched that episode. It's was like, what? I like don't even remember there being someone else in that room. I don't either. Only for a little bit. I think it's like... I don't think it's the part where they come to visit her and Michael like climbs on top of her. <laughs> and I don't think it's the part when Michael's in the hospital. I think it might be the part when Dwight goes to visit her and they find out she has rabies. <laughs> like I think I just it's love that Meredith got rabies. <laughs> yeah, I love that they find out while Dwight's in the room and she's like, "Yeah, that man put a bag over my head with a <laughs> bat in it." <laughs> That show. But then she keeps talking and she talks about like getting bit by a raccoon or something. That show is so good. That show is so oh, Meredith. something. Um, oh my no, God. I did not know that he was Meredith's hospital roommate, but oh that's really funny. Um, so yeah, we're rewatching the episode, the office and we're right before Niagara Falls with the wedding. Oh. And so we're on the episode where Pam's trying to go around and get people's RSVPs and Meredith's like, no, I'll just tell you right now. And she's like, oh, well, there's a bunch of other information you really need to have. And she's like, no, I'll just text you the day of. She's like, you're going to text me the morning of my wedding for directions. And Meredith's like, yeah. Like, oh, my God. These people. Like, they're all horrible. They're so horrible. The only one who is truly good, in my opinion, Holly Flax. She's so weird, though. I think, but weird doesn't equal good or bad. Yeah, but there is that weird part where she gets convinced that um, Kevin has. Yeah, yeah, oh but that God. wasn't her fault. Dwight told her that. Yeah, Dwight he? told her that. Yeah, but she starts or treating someone. I don't. I think so. Dwight might have told her, but she starts treating Kevin so differently. No, she does, but like. I don't think that was her fault. Like, someone blatantly told her. Yeah, but that goes with, like, Mary saying she's so weird of, like, (laughs) I thought the whole idea was that we're all the same people. You don't need to, like, yell at someone and be like, he is mentally, I didn't, I. Well, yeah, no, I mean, that was uncomfortable, but I don't think that makes her a bad person. No, I just think it was really uncomfortable that she was treating him differently and, like, making a point to treat him differently like helping him count his change and telling him he can get anything on the top row of the vending machine like he is an adult he can figure out a vending machine even if he's kevin i because doesn't she say like well this one's a button <laughs> like take it out she also <laughs> i forgot about the button <laughs> she also though when he says something about driving and she's like you can drive. 
I'm I so love, proud of you. I love the whole time. He's like, oh yeah, she's, she's into, into me. it. <laughs> See, I really don't think she's a bad person. She was just told something and then leaned into it hard. <laughs> she leaned into it too. Well, that's, I don't think she's necessarily a bad person. I think she probably shouldn't be an HR professional because we also just watched the episode with the like company picnic and they reveal that the Buffalo branch is closing oh, yeah. even though nobody knows it. Like she should know that this is not the place that you talk about that. Well, but also like didn't like Michael was the reason that that got out too though, right? Yeah, because um, David Wallace tells Michael, which is just a huge mistake. Yeah, David never, Wallace is a yeah. horribly flawed character. Yes, He doesn't seem to ever realize how bad Michael is. But yeah, so he tells Michael, Michael tells Holly, they reveal it in their culturally insensitive skit. Very bad. <laughs> and then, like, but that's the thing. Like, why would you put the Buffalo Branch on blast at the company picnic that the Buffalo Branch is at? Like, they're supposed to be having a fun day in the sun with their coworkers and family. Why would you be like, oh, just to remind you, you're all losing your jobs. Like, that's the thing that gets me, is she should not be talking about that. Probably not. Anyway, um, <laughs> this has turned into the Office podcast. God, I wish this was an Office podcast. Back to Scranton. Um, we were somewhere. Um, we were at the part where everyone is making Bobby being in a wheelchair super serious. Oh. Because they start hinting at the accident that he was in. Yeah. And I was just sitting there being like, I kind of want it to be a car accident just because mm -hmm. that is going to make all of this with Brandon so much more important. Cause like you see Jim and Cindy talking in bed mm -hmm. and they're like, well, can we really put him up making all of these assumptions that he's going to live with them? And Jim is like, well, my brother put me up for two years while I was in college. So we don't have a choice. And then Cindy starts talking about how this accident paralyzed him and like could have totally paralyzed him and then starts crying about how, it could have been Brandon just mm -hmm. as easily. And, like, I totally get it. I think she crushed it in that scene. Oh, yeah. She did like, a good job. she starts job. crying, mm -hmm. I th think Jim did not crush it because he mm -hmm. had no emotion on his face. Cindy yeah. had the best performance, like, in the sh whole episode, I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Like, that whole thing where, like, her making everything so serious made so much more sense than Brenda making things serious about, like, well, Kelly, he's not your type. And, yeah. like, freaking out there. And I did get when, you know, Kelly was asking about meeting him at the party and all this stuff. And Brenda being like, well, I don't want you to come into this like this because you're going to treat him differently. Mm -hmm. Which, again, I was like, I don't know who we're insulting more here. Well, but with this one, I think this one was this one was the better of, like, the two times that <laughs> Brenda, like, inadvertently insults one or the other. Because, Both. like... Basically, in this conversation, Brenda was being overprotective because she didn't want Kelly to treat him differently. And once she said that, mm -hmm. I got more on board with it. But yeah, every time I was just like, y'all, like, give everyone a chance. Like, yeah, right. give Kelly a heads up because yeah. I don't think anything could be worse than all of your friends coming over and like dead stop realizing that he's in a wheelchair. And frankly, totally. once again... Why would he stay with the Walshes? Because this house is not ADA compliant. Everything is stairs. Later, Once he's in the living room, he can't get out of the living room. Yeah, but later there is a ramp. Because when the 
Kelly knocks on the door and uh, Bobby goes from the kitchen to the door. There's like a, you see him, like there's like a little ramp input. Okay. I missed that because all I could think about was when they were in the living room. Yes. Playing charades. I was like, there's a step there. Yeah, exactly. He cannot, what if he has to pee? Right. No, at one point, yes, it is not ADA compliant, but at the, by the end of the episode, there was a little ramp. So, but then like, he yeah. could. I started at one point writing in my notes. I was like, oh, they're going to make him sleep on the couch, but they let Dylan sleep in Brandon's room. And then I was like, oh, wait, there's he stairs. He can't get there. Yeah, he physically couldn't get yeah, there. I yeah. I like, was like, cross that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they were making this whole thing so weird. Cause the whole time Jim and Cindy were talking, I was like, at best, you like have to put an elevator in or something. But like, realistically, there's no way for him to get up to any of the rooms. You don't have another bedroom for him, as mm-hmm. evidenced by every time anyone stays, they have to stay in the rooms with Brenda and Dylan. Mm-hmm. Or Brenda and Brandon. <laughs> Only <laughs> Dylan lived there. I just gave Dylan his own bedroom. Don't mind me. <laughs> well, and that's the thing, too, is... So, something I looked up... Well, actually, I want to go back real quick. I just want had one other comment on that conversation. Because, again, I think... Brenda's starting out acting weird about Bobby and overprotective, mostly because she doesn't want Donna and Kelly to pity him, but also because she explains that the girlfriend that Bobby used to have dumped him right after the accident. So she's feeling protective over him because she knows Kelly already is boy crazy and already thinks he's attractive, but didn't know he was in a wheelchair. So she's like giving her a heads up. So... Two things, one that's actually relevant and one that's not. One, Kelly's boy crazy and moves around, you know, boy to boy to boy, which is totally fine. Whatever. I think, like, Brenda gets freaked out that she's not going to want a relationship with Bobby and, like, somehow that's going to hurt Bobby's feelings because he's different. Like, Mm. they're going to blame it on him being in a wheelchair, not Mm -hmm. blame it on the fact that Kelly likes to date. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. I just don't. The whole episode, they kept making a big deal that, like, Kelly has to be in a relationship with him. She can't just, like, she have, can't a just have a fling with him. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that pissed me off. I was like, right. just everyone chill out. Well, Nobody she, has to be in a permanent relationship. And she talks about that later. Like, yeah. She, she's like, dude, I just, like, think you're cute. Well, <laughs> yeah. She was like, yeah, the thought crossed my mind, but it's a first date. Yeah. Like, and she's get like, get over I, yourself. I'm not going to know until we hang out more well and especially not after that first date exactly that was a really heavy first date Mm -hmm. but my other thing was i want to do some math about bobby dating this girlfriend of brenda's so he's over 21 Mm -hmm. let's say he's 21 and they're 16 if he was in the accident three years ago he was 18 they were 13 and he was dating one of brenda's friends but what if brenda was friends with someone who was older which i did think of but all I could think of was, <laughs> at best, he is 18 dating a dating a 14-year-old. Gross. Yeah, I was like, because they would have been 13, which means she would have been in eighth grade or seventh because they're 16 and only just now got into junior year. Mm-hmm. So she was in seventh grade. So I don't think she had a bunch of, like, high school-level friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I think that's just a, a plot hole. <laughs> I think that was, like, all I could think of was, like, that's bad math. Yeah. Writers are very Ugh. bad at math. They it's just, good enough. They're overlooking a lot of things. It's good enough. Yeah. <laughs> that um, was all of it. Just, yeah. Well, because even now he's over 21 and hitting on a 16-year-old. Right. Like That's the thing. The writers aren't understanding what's problematic and what's not. This whole episode is problematic. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I like the subject matter because I don't think enough people who have disabilities or are in wheelchairs or whatever get enough visibility in television mm-hmm. as normal people. Like it's like the whole person of color thing. It's like yeah. if someone's in a wheelchair, you have to treat them differently. Like you yeah, have to you treat have them to call like out they're, they're disabled. Which was a whole different thing that I like thought about that is a big deal now that I don't think has been a big deal ever in the past of like why couldn't you find an actor who's in a wheelchair? Why did right. you have to find someone who has full use of their body and put them in a wheelchair? It's like when Glee finally put a person who has Down syndrome in their show. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, they're people too. Well, and that's like, you see it happening now and you're like, why did it take so long? Exactly. Like, I it's don't like these understand. people aren't lesser. Well, and it's, you know, everything that happens with Scarlett Johansson where they're like, just make a white woman do it. Right. Like, ugh, y'all... That's what I don't understand. It's like, how often do you see actors or actresses with a disability? Like, even if it's like what my Rarely. sister has, like cerebral palsy. Have you ever? Like, I can't think of one off the top of my head. Exactly. American Horror Story. Um, they that show scares me, so I haven't. I don't watch that show. It's so good. Um, I gotta look up this girl's name because I'm blanking on it right now. But I mean, yeah, this is the exact thing of like, you can come up with one show. I can't come up with any. Like, I can think of other examples where you put someone who wasn't disabled into mm-hmm. the show. I wonder, Degrassi had a lot of people on well, the yeah, show. Well, yeah, Drake wondering... is not in a wheelchair in well, real yeah, life. Yeah, but the, they had a specific, you know, plot of him, you know, Getting having... Getting into an accident yeah, or something? He gets shot. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was yeah. the whole thing. Uh, Jamie Brewer is the actress's name, mm-hmm. and she's okay. amazing. She's in every season, if I'm remembering this correctly, and she's just fantastic. And... Is she what? Uh, she has Down syndrome. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, was she the same one that was in Glee? No, different. Oh, okay, actress. different. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing. Yeah, it's like you just don't see it that often, but and it's frustrating. Honestly, that girl in Glee is she was one of the best parts of that show. Right. She's hilarious. She's so mean. And I know. It's amazing. <laughs> and she's a cheerleader. She's so mean. Yeah. It's really yeah. funny. She's like Sue Sylvester's like little eyes and ears in mm-hmm. the school, and she's badass. She is so witty Mm -hmm. like she could make me cry I love it (laughs) but that's the thing it's like I just people need representation for anything like they you know like you need to see something like you on a screen yeah to feel like you're included and it's not as if these actors don't exist exactly like I was just listening to something where Amanda uh, I never can put the L in her name Amanda Sternberg Oh, uh-huh. Who was amazing. Mm-hmm. She turned down roles in Black Panther because she thought she had too light of skin and wanted darker-skinned actresses to have the roles. Oh, wow. Which, like, she is already amazing because, um, like, I think she came out as uh, non-binary mm-hmm. and was like, oh, I go by she, her, but also they, them. Mm-hmm. And, like, she was in um, The Hate You Give, which is yes. such okay. a good movie. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Now I'm connecting who who this person is. And yeah. then she was in um, The Hunger Games. She was Rue, which was a whole yes. other race issue that happened there. But it's like all these actors are out there. You have actors with like darker skin or lighter skin mm-hmm. or like have the accents and don't need to put on affectations to do them or, you know, have the differing abilities. And like mm-hmm. you also don't need to call all of it out 
Exactly. It's like, I think, did you bring this up? Did you, maybe I even actually may have seen this in your notes or maybe it was a different episode or something. Maybe I accidentally saw it. Um, Did you say at one point that it's like the reverse of a Bechdel test? You know, you typed that to me in Slack at some point about something that's not related to this, but it just made me think of it. It's almost like the Bechdel test, but for race. It's like just, you you can have a conversation. But for everything else except for women. Exactly. It's like, just like you said, just because you have a person of color in a scene doesn't mean you have to either call it out or make that scene be a stereotype of that person's color. Well, and that's honestly like I probably got that because I listened to the Bechdel cast a lot. Yeah. Which is two women, one of whom has like a master's in screenwriting, which they use as a joke to call out. Like, I don't know if you know this. I have a master's in screenwriting. That's funny. Um, but they always talk about how, like, yeah, a movie might technically pass the Bechdel test, but that doesn't mean that it's a good movie because it's not mm-hmm. actually good representation of feminism or people of color or this, this, and this. Because right. they they were talking about The Hunger Games. That's the episode that I listened okay. to where they started talking about all this stuff with Amanda Sternberg and, like, how that movie – has a strong female protagonist Mm -hmm. and technically passes the Bechdel test every single time two women are talking because they never talk about men. True. But that doesn't mean it's actually a good movie. Right. But that's the thing. Like all of this, you have to, every single episode, you have to call out like that, you know, the ashes were black. Yeah. You have to call out that Bobby's in a wheelchair. Like mm-hmm. the only reason they exist on these episodes is to call those things out. You exactly. had to call out that Kyle is not heteronormative. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and with um, uh, James, our favorite, one of our favorites of yeah. this whole series so far, James. Like I love James. I miss James. I know. Like why? James probably transferred schools the next episode, and that's why we haven't seen him. Seriously, yeah. I think there's he a goes f- to Beverly now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think there is a like. It's an interesting line, though, between acknowledging the challenges or the things that people of color face that white people don't. Like, it's one thing to do that, but then it's another thing that that's their only purpose, right? Like, I'm trying, I'm They're not explaining this well. They're just being reduced to plot points Ex- like, instead right. of just having a character that is different and not putting so much emphasis on it as a part of the, like, as a way to move the plot forward. Correct. Like, I think it would be different if we actually had a person of color be a long-term cast member. And that's And the then bringing thing. up a an issue that they face at some or point. Or, like, bringing all that stuff up and then putting Sharice into the show. Exactly. Like, like, something like that. Robinson is supposed to be their staff photographer. And we're, yes, we'll never and we're never going to see him. Which is just bullshit. I know. He was such a good character, and I feel like he would bring a lot to the show. Absolutely. As like an ongoing role. That's that's what I mean. It's like there's there's a difference in actually talking about the issues because these people do have different experiences and perspectives in life. It's just it just is. Like I can't possibly ever understand what it's like for anyone of color. I just can't. I'll never know. I I can can sympathize. I can have, you know, shows point that stuff out to me yeah but i'll never know so it definitely needs to be said it needs to be talked about but not just one time and then they're gone well and so i guess i like kind of a devil's advocate like other side of it do you think that we can have this conversation now because shows like beverly hills 
started to breach the subject in 1992 of like, look, there is, you know, racism. There are people Mm -hmm. that, you know, don't have the same abilities that you have. There is all of this other stuff. And to the point that now we can have shows that like have actresses with Down syndrome where the fact that she has Down syndrome is not the reason that she exists. Mm -hmm. Do you think like do you mean that has like do you think there is correlation of like Beverly Hills nine oh two one oh walked so that Glee could oh, I see. dance? I mean maybe. I, I like mean that take. I yeah. That's an optimistic approach. And that's the thing is like I think, you know, as much as I wanna hate on this stuff because I'm looking at it as a twenty nine year old in twenty nineteen, yeah. like this show aired in 1992, things were a lot different back then. Like, this True. is not that much long after, like, Long Duck Dong happened in 16 Candles. Like, oh, yeah. shit like that mm-hmm. was very prevalent, you know, really close to this point. And they're not doing – well, they're kind of doing stuff like that. It's a lot more toned down, but it's still existing. But, I mean, like, this show went on for 10 years. Mm-hmm. They had to be doing something right. Right. And maybe – We'll look back at this season or this episode even when we're in season eight mm-hmm. and be like, look how much the show has grown. Yeah. Right? Like, that's the hope. Well, and like, you know, when Brenda has sex for the first time, like, mm-hmm. that was a positive experience. They had to do a complete 180 on it, but I don't think that's the writer's fault. Yeah. So, yeah, it was, I mean, it was out of their control for some dumb reason. Yeah. I mean, think of that. It's not necessarily after school special kind of stuff, but like, they're trying. Yeah. Like, well, and actually, so a little bit on that, the whole big bad sex issue. So I was just recently watching an episode of the CNN, like decades oh, documentaries. Yeah. The, and I was watching the one on the 80s. And um, one of the episodes was about Ronald Reagan and his presidency and oh the AIDS epidemic. I hate. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it was very fascinating. Like I was very intrigued because this is stuff I don't know a lot mm-hmm. because this was in the 80s primarily. And in 88 when the AIDS epidemic happened and basically Ronald Reagan was like abstinence like there needs to be a whole lot more abstinence in this country and it made me think of just now that because I feel like that's what they were trying to preach with Brenda is just don't have sex that was the thing you just said that happened with Reagan in 88 exactly that's why that episode aired in 91 yeah it's not far there is a lot of stuff that we really have to change the way we watch these episodes to understand how progressive this show actually is Mm -hmm. for the time for the time and especially like then think about like okay well that happened in 1992 what's happened in the last 27 years right lots (laughs) yeah i mean like a ton it's just crazy crazy. to think about the like we are getting a lot of these episodes back to back to back Mm -hmm. like we literally just had an episode about race and now we're having an episode about ableism and Mm -hmm. i don't know if they did that on purpose or if they even realized they were doing it but they're bringing up some huge issues merely to just be like kelly shallow yeah (laughs) everyone is shallow and ada compliance does not exist kelly got so much shit this episode i mean for doing nothing wrong and like she just thought a boy was cute and honestly (laughs) He was cute. He is cute. He yeah. had a great upper body. Right. And he had some moves. And he's sweet. Like, like he, he made like everyone a good breakfast. I, like, a lot. I mean, and like every a full breakfast. Single mo- every single morning, he was like, oh, do you want this five-course breakfast? Yeah, do you want and this frittata? Fresh, squeen- fresh squeezed orange juice? <laughs> right. I just can't reach the douche, but I will. Yeah, I'll he needed one of those, it. like, what's the squeezy things? 
Oh, um, the like little gator heads that grab stuff and pull them down. Yeah, yeah, the little yeah. I don't know what those things the are grabbers. called. Grabby claws. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Claws. All he needed was like really strong grabby claws. Yeah, because like, can you imagine his forearms are probably very strong? Because uh, like, I saw his body. His yeah. forearms are definitely strong. <laughs> But yeah, they have everyone over for that party, and they're playing charades. And it's adorable. And there's no room, and he's ke- he's like, hey, Kelly, I got a seat right over here. I'll crush you. <laughs> I wanted him to be like, my legs are dead. You can't crush them. <laughs> but that was, yeah, that was cute. That was that fast, was move. but cute. I was just like, man, I hope everyone in a wheelchair uses that move. Seriously, just like, though. I, I have a perpetual laugh. Free seat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hello, I'm a chair and also I can talk to you. I'm a hot chair. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah. And she's just like, oh, okay, okay. And then immediately like arm around and like, yeah. ooh, steamy. Well, and then she's sitting on the couch later and everybody leaves or goes to bed and she's like, can you sit next to me? And he's like, bitch, please. I oh, know. Watch me. Five seconds. There was zero mm-hmm. effort. And so like. Them making this all weird about him, like, he has proven in every scene that he's in that he's capable. And the actor himself is, you know, 100% able to do Mm -hmm. these things, which is why it would have been really interesting to have someone who's actually in a wheelchair to play this role. But whatever. Two things. One's a side note. One's following what you were just saying. Uh, Quickly wanted to point out that when Brenda didn't want to do charades, but she goes up there and Steve's like, come on, what is it, a TV show, movie, or a book? And she's like, Steve, you better pray it's not a book. And everyone's like, oh! (laughs) I loved it so much. I swear, like, I don't remember what they said when they, like, zoomed out, but I swear someone was just like, Steve can't read. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Steve. Uh, But the second thing is when Kelly and Bobby were alone, and she was like, can you sit next to me? Like, I genuinely think they handled this scene well because they didn't do it in a pity way. They didn't do it in an insensitive way. They actually had Kelly ask questions because she didn't know. And she asked, yeah, she asked questions because she was interested. She wasn't asking questions of like, I don't really know what to talk about except the elephant in the room that is your wheelchair. And it's like, those conversations are always a little awkward because you the question asker feel awkward because you don't want to make a big deal or be insensitive and then it's awkward for the question answerer because they don't it again I'll bring it from my sister's perspective because I've dealt with this my whole life she sometimes gets mad at people asking questions but also she would prefer they ask instead of just assuming or uh, doing something based on something when they could have just asked. Yeah. You know what I mean? So in this sense, I think Kelly did a good job of just asking because she was curious and wanted to know and didn't want to make him feel uncomfortable. And then he did a good job of educating. Well, and honestly, like if they are, you know, thinking of, oh, maybe we'll date or like, you know, hook up or whatever, all this stuff, like these are probably things Kelly should know. Like what is – what is sensitive? What's not sensitive? What can I ask about? What shouldn't I talk about? Like, mm-hmm. tell me how it happened. So, like, if you were in a skiing accident, maybe I don't bring up skiing a whole time. Well, true. Yeah. Yeah. If it's, like, a triggering thing, then. Yeah. Like, yeah, you, you have to know, avoid that. like, at what level there's trauma and what level there's not. Exactly. hmm Like, I thought all of this was totally fine. And, like, every single time anybody else got into the conversation, I was like, I don't know who you're insulting more. Bobby or Kelly, but I think both of them are doing fine. Totally. They're handling everything fine. Yeah. 
And, and like, like the horseback riding, like how adorable was that? The so horseback cute. riding with a fifth wheel. <laughs> <laughs> but also like everyone was, first of all, they were all excellent riders. Because I, know. I remember when I went horseback riding and I was a little nervous, like, and the fastest we went was like a little trot or like there was like a little incline. And so the horse had to literally go a little bit faster. I was like, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. I like tensed up. They're Ew. like running with these horses they're like galloping yeah run, brandon, horses don't run they gallop <laughs> brandon made this big deal of being so nervous and then like had no problem half galloping up to them but that was the horse not him yeah but i mean he handled yeah. like i would have been screaming he managed oh, yeah. to like hold on but that horse just was doing whatever the hell it wanted <laughs> and he looks so spazzy the whole time he's like eh, 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 eh. <laughs> Looking so His little weird. cowboy hands, though. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, because this was the point where you really realize that, like, this actor has full use of his legs. Exactly. When they kind of put him on the horse and he's like, nah, I got this. Yeah. He just swings very, his leg over. Very easily, like, has to hold his own but, leg But, I mean, up. like, you know, listening to him call the horse farm and being like, oh, you have a saddle I can use? Then we're good to go. Like, right. he's taking care of himself. He does not need everybody else. Which, you know, makes it even worse. And in that exact same scene is when Brandon's like, well, you shouldn't date Kelly. Da-da-da-da-da. Mm-hmm. And Bobby calls him out on and says, you don't think that Kelly can be serious about some guy in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Like, why does it have to be serious? Why can't Kelly just have a fling with your cousin while he's visiting? Or, like, he's going to be at UCLA. That's not exactly close. And then Kelly's going to go to college. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know that she's going to go to UCLA. Well, and to be fair, like... I do understand Bobby's perspective a little bit here, like because he w- he was thinking that too. Really, he yeah. he wouldn't have said it to Brandon had it not been in the back of his mind, which I'm sure it's constantly in the back of his mind because he got dumped by someone immediately after he got in the um, accident. Mm-hmm. So I totally understand from his perspective. He's like, I don't want to get involved in something if they're gonna const- if this is constantly going to be an issue. Totally understand that perspective, but at the same time. I think you have to be open about that. And I don't necessarily think he was really open about that with Kelly. No, everyone treats Kelly very unfairly. Mm -hmm. Because then she invites him to this party. Yep. And there's a billion stairs, which is just unfortunate. And nobody was thinking about it. And I Mm -hmm. felt really like I had that like. uh, Uncomfortable feeling. Yeah. Third party embarrassment Mm -hmm. of him being like, you guys are insisting on like getting three people to carry me upstairs, plus the two in the front, and, like, you're making a big deal out of this and calling me out specifically, and, like, all you... are just yelling, like, coming through, bringing yeah. so much unwanted attention. Yeah, which all you had to do was think about the fact that there were stairs. Which, on the one hand, I will say this, there was probably a driveway. They Ooh, didn't think didn't to think go about up that. a driveway. Because in LA, you have garages and stuff. Like, oh, I didn't that was think about thing. that at all. There was probably a driveway somewhere. I mean, he Brandon does say, like, there's probably a back way, but they didn't look around. Like, Well, and I, I do appreciate how much that Brandon, Steve, and Dylan were like, nah, man, we're going to take you to this party. Yes. Like, I do appreciate Absolutely. that. I was going to say that, too. At the same time, he is over 21 going to a dry high school party, and you guys just made that big of a deal of getting him up there. I know, man needs a drink. Yeah. I, felt, I was like, oh, God, this is a dry party. I don't think anything could be worse for Bobby right now. Yeah. I but, mean, like, how could it be a, a dry party? Because it looked like everyone was walking around with wine coolers, and somebody spilled grape juice on him. <laughs> 
grape juice. It looked like a cocktail. Yeah, yeah it definitely like, did. How? He, mm, one whatever. other one other comment, just again because I have a little bit more perspective, but I do know that for some people, not all people who do have a disability, they're at least for my sister. One of her bigger fears is that people treat her differently to other people like they get embarrassed Mm -hmm. if they have to help her you know what I mean like one of her biggest things is she doesn't like it when people it makes her feel really bad if someone's embarrassed to help her you know because on the total sense yeah so like Bobby you could clearly tell he was uncomfortable with being helped but at the same time he was probably happy that the guys were so cool about it. That was it. the thing. It was they really, made it like it was no big deal. It was really hard for me to decide how I felt about it because yeah, yeah, I was like, on the one hand, they're really excited for you to be here. Exactly. On the other hand, like you have to accept there's literally nothing you can do about this, yes. and you have to ask for help. Exactly. Which, at this point, especially since you're coming out to look at UCLA to get out on your own. Like, the entire purpose of this trip is to prove that you can do things on your own. And Mm -hmm. one night with the Walshes proves you can't. Right. Right. And that brings in the whole ADA thing, too. Because I don't know if you guys know this, but the ADA came out in 1990. Yeah, that's I looked it up Mm because I was like, why would they make all of these assumptions about him staying with the Walshes and staying off campus and this and this and this when, like, UCLA would have had to be ADA compliant. Exactly. And, like... Again, why would you want to stay with Jim and Cindy? I don't know, man. I hated that Jim just assumed that he Both was going to move did. in with them and that he's going to have to be responsible for helping this his nephew. Who and, is a fully grown adult. Yeah. And like, I don't remember who said it, but they were like, oh, uh, brother, whoever he is, like says he's like really self-sufficient now. And they just didn't believe that. Yeah. That's... That's the whole ableism in this entire exactly. episode. It mm-hmm. upset me so much of like, y'all are just making all these assumptions where he is a grown man. Just go talk to him. Yeah. They just yeah. assume that they knew better than the guy who lives like this every day. Yeah. It's like, so you want to go to UCLA. What do you want to do? Like, yeah. Ask him about his plan. His major. Yeah. yeah. Well, his- and he wants to go on the school visit. Like, why wouldn't they also go on the school visit? Because they have two 16 year olds. Yeah. Why not be like, oh, let's go together. And then you can literally see that. He's fine. That's the thing. It's like, in some ways, this show handled this whole thing very well. And then other ways, they handled it completely the wrong way. Which is why I said the stuff earlier where I'm like, I can't tell if this was really good for 1992 Mm -hmm. or really bad for any time. Yeah. Or both. I think the writing for Kelly was really good. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. you never see her treating him as anything other than a person. Who she finds cute. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's just another cute guy. Exactly. that's all she sees. And that's all she has to see. She just wants to get to know him as a person. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because, yeah, so they're at the party and everyone asks if he needs something. Oh, man. And like, you see his frustration just yeah, build and build like, and build. Steve asks if he needs anything and leaves. Brandon asks if he needs anything. And that's anything the other thing. Leaves. They just ditch him. Yeah. Everyone ditches him. and like Except Kelly. Well, and then the girl spills her drink on him. Mm-hmm. And then the next guy is like, oh, my God, can I get you anything? And like, just get him a fucking towel and some club soda, which Donna went to go do. And yes. then she never comes back. She doesn't come back. She but, gets distracted. She did that, like, in that other episode. She's like, I'm going to go get a milkshake. Five hours later. 
True. Donna does get distracted easily. But yeah, then all these people start leaving, and then that guy comes up and starts flirting with Kelly right in front of Bobby. Fun fact. Legolas guy, which is what I first called him. That's Gabriel Macht, who is Harvey in Suits. You know what he looks like, though. Like, if you looked up the people from Suits, it immediately is him. He was also, um, I don't know if you guys ever saw that rom-com, Because I Said So, with Mandy Moore and Lorelai and oh, Diane not Keaton. forever. He was also the love interest in that movie with oh. Mandy Moore. I was just focusing on his hair. I was I like, loved his Legolas. hair. I know. Yeah. I was like, I need this man's conditioner. Seriously, though. But yeah, it's Gabriel Macht. Uh, which I'm learning. There's so many good guest stars in That's right. This show. All of the guest stars end up being our favorites. And then the I main know. characters were like, God damn it, there's more Brandon. Yeah, so you should look up uh, Gabriel Macht after this because you're going to be like, oh, yeah, that is him because that's what I did. Anyway, that's all. But yeah, I mean, so he comes up and he starts flirting with Kelly and then asks her to dance. And Bobby's the one that tells her to go and then gets mad at her about it later. And like, I, I just... I get it, but, like, it's all very unfair to Kelly because, you Mm -hmm. know, she leaves to go dance with him, and then he decides he doesn't want to be there anymore and starts yelling at her and then being like, I don't feel good. Go get Brandon. Make him take me back down the stairs. I'll take myself home after that. Da-da-da-da-da-da. But then everyone's like, Kelly, what did you do? Yeah, like, what the? Everyone is unfair to Kelly in this episode. Y'all ditched him, too. Yeah. No, everyone blames Kelly for everything. It's so annoying. When, like, honestly, the people that were worst in this episode were the Walshes. Yeah. Like, I feel like um, Bobby wouldn't have had that reaction if Brandon hadn't approached him beforehand and been like, be careful with Kelly because there's no way she could really like you. Yeah. Yeah, Ugh. 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 No, after all of this, all I could think of was like, Bobby needs to go to like New York City or something. Like he yeah. needs to get away from the Walshes. He just needs to get away from people that only like have known him before the accident and after That's the exactly accident. what I said. I put in quotes like people who knew him before his accident. Yeah. Like he just needs to get away from all these people Fresh because start. they're the ones treating him differently. Mm-hmm. Like anybody that he would meet in a bigger city like New York or LA or at a university, like I feel like they're not going to treat him this way. Yeah, they wouldn't have any preconceived notions, that's for sure. That's what, like I just think he needs to get away from everyone. I think so too. Yeah, cuz he leaves and he goes home and the next morning he is making breakfast for everyone again. again. <laughs> Although I really didn't like that he was cracking the shells and putting them back in the cardboard because that's just going to make the cardboard soggy. Probably, like, yeah. Just get a trash can out or like get a bowl like uh cindy does and she'll compost it later true he may have just like time i mean it's he fine. just didn't want to like Whatever. crack an egg roll over the cra- trash can but i mean back. like bring the trash can to you or bring a bowl to you like with the, the potato peels like just don't put it back in the, the cardboard because then the cardboard's gonna get soggy and then it's gonna fall apart and then all of your eggs are gonna hit the ground i think it'll be okay <laughs> it was really gross <laughs> And then, yeah, because that's when he's making breakfast and Kelly shows up and wants to talk to him. And Mm -hmm. she kind of calls him out on it, too, of like, yeah, I don't know if I want to be in, you know, a full relationship with you. The thought had crossed my mind, but it's not something I can decide after the first date. I mean, she's literally like, you haven't even given me a second to think about it. Like, how dare you? Yeah, on our first date, you yelled at me. Yeah, like, why don't you just, like, 
It has nothing to do with if you, I don't even know if I want to be in a really a, a serious relationship, let alone with you. Well, take away the fact that you're in a wheelchair. I'm just trying to get some right now. Well, and again, on their like first date at this party, he just yells at her. Yeah. Why would she want to be in a relationship with him? After like, she had clearly been really sweet to him, asking good questions, talking to him about other things other than his accident, like why would you just treat her like that? I yeah, mean, clearly I, it was I, an anger thing, but and I do think like, you know, she handles it well and I guess he handles it well too of like that was an outburst related to all of this stuff. And you had all yeah. these outside factors of Brenda and Brandon all being assholes and, you know, whatnot. So, like, let's move past it. Oh, here's my number. Yeah. So, clearly, Kelly's the mature one. <laughs> like, more mature than the 21-year-old. More mature than everyone in this episode. Exactly. Because even Jim and Cindy come in and start making the comments. And he was like, y'all, I'm not living with you. Right. Yeah. He's like, um, that was never the plan. <laughs> yeah. They just made all these assumptions. By the way, there are there are no Walshes that know how to use knives because when he started cutting up the oranges, I was like, he almost cut off two of his fingers. I know. I didn't even notice. And oh. he cut the orange wrong and they fixed it like in the scene. Oh, really? I, I wasn't even paying attention because I was thing, staring at his fingertips. Like he cut it in like in half the wrong way so that the wedges were like instead of oh. the wedges being cut in half, it was just like wedges. Like I, see, mm. I didn't even pay attention because I was yeah. so focused on him using that knife so close to his fingertips. Oh no. I didn't even notice. It was like well, he almost it was like middle yeah. finger, oop, get that out of the way. And then he almost wow. sliced off two of his fingers. I, mm. That would have been terrible. Yeah. And I was like, no Walsh knows how to use a knife. <laughs> Cindy just waves him around. <laughs> this boy's just about to chop off his fingers. Wow. But and then like this is the same thing like with um creepy Chris. Where they acknowledge that this person is moving to L.A. and going to be in L.A., but we will never see him again. Like, Bobby says he's still thinking about going to UCLA. We will never see Bobby again. Nope. We'll see the actor. We're not going to see Bobby. <laughs> That's hilarious. I can't believe they rehire him as someone else later in the, se- the series. I know. I c- we're going to have to definitely point it out. I'm going to try it. and keep an eye out for it. I looked up. I think it's like season six that he comes back. So okay. it's going to be really hard to remember. Sure. But if we keep looking at people's IMDb pages, we're going to see it. Can't wait. I hope whoever he is flirts with Kelly again. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> she yes. doesn't recognize him. She's like, you look like someone I knew, but like three feet taller. Am I getting deja vu? <laughs> I, I would hope she really accidentally calls him Bobby in the scene. Like, what? <laughs> Nothing. What? Sorry, I thought Where? you were somewhere You else. remind me of my friend's cousin. <laughs> <laughs> so... The last bit is just like it comes full circle and Brenda Yeah, gets it's to drive. just a cutesy little thing of like, Oh, well, we all have time before you go on your flight. What should we do? Drive very slowly to LAX with Brenda behind the wheel. But before that, Brandon has a talk with Bobby. Oh yeah, we skipped over oh. that. I personally just kinda uh, yeah. glazed <laughs> yeah, over. I didn't, I didn't write, write anything. anything. Oh, actually I did because <clears throat> I wrote Brandon's blaming himself for Bobby's accident by daring him to jump and like uh, that kind of rubbed me weird. Mm-hmm. It was weird because Jason Priestley, at, up until this point, hasn't given a real, like a realistic emotional performance, and he was like full on crying in he this was. scene. Yeah, like he was actually like it wasn't real even tears just like yeah sob noises. It was crying and <laughs> like 
wow, I didn't know he had that in him. <laughs> and it was actually almost appropriate for the scene. Yeah. And good job. Maybe you're getting better. <laughs> I don't know. That's now, all I have to say I mean, about it. Now tone it down on the anger. <laughs> I don't know. It was rage. just a lot. Yeah. It was because, a lot. like, I felt like they put in this really emotional scene, but didn't give it a lot of time. And then, like, I don't know. I didn't really care for the idea that Brandon's been blaming himself for Bobby's accident. But, like, for all of the rest of the episode, you never see that manifesting. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It felt really out of place. But at they the same time, maybe that's why Brandon has been, like, so worried about him. I don't know. I mean, it, may, it like, doesn't explain I much. feel like they could have easily, like, kept them together in that skiing accident but not they could have um taken out the fact that brandon dared him like they could have just had them it be a routine accident where they were both just skiing or snowboarding or whatever they were doing and then he gets in an accident yeah well because i mean like um uh molly's game where they talk Mm -hmm. about how she just like hit some twigs and completely crash and like could have paralyzed herself like they didn't have to do bobby taking a jump that brandon dared him and running into a tree he literally could have just had a skiing accident also if they had made it a car accident it would i thought it should have been it would have made so much more sense and tracked with brenda being afraid to drive it would track with brenda being afraid to drive it would have tracked with jim and cindy being so freaked out about brandon because Especially with the DUI. That's what I mean. Because, like, Cindy gets really upset and says it could have been Brandon because, yeah, they were skiing together. But that's, like, I put that together just now. Like, when Mm -hmm. I was watching the episode, I assumed it was a car accident that she was talking about and then didn't think another second about it. Mm -hmm. They waited way too long for that reveal of what happened. Yeah. I was going to say that earlier. I think it should have been more in the middle of the the episode. They just kind of, like, like... Oh, we didn't explain this. Let's uh Let's put it in pop here. this right in there. That's, and I'm, mm-hmm, it's really I'm unfortunate because Jason Priestley acted well in that scene, but the scene itself was kind of stupid. Yeah, I mean that's the thing Agreed. is like so many episodes, it seems like the writers have written themselves into a corner and then realize they have five minutes left in the episode and need to put in the really heavy thing and then lighten it back up. So they just throw it out there and mm-hmm. it's good enough. Yeah, good enough. Hashtag, it's good enough. They should have made that like the subtitle. Beverly Hills 90210. Good enough. That'll do. That'll do. But then that's, I mean, yeah, that's it. The end. (laughs) Brenda drives really weird. She, yeah, she does. When she struggled so hard, when she backed out, I was like, which direction is she trying to back out? (laughs) She turned the wheel completely the wrong way. I know, and like bounced down the curb. And I'm surprised Uh, Brandon didn't yell. Freak out! They kind of did, and I was like, this is not going to do anything for her driving anxiety. Just like ah, the curb. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So what did you grade it? Because I forgot to write down a grade. I, it passed. This is this is a pass fail for this episode. No, pass not pass. Pass not pass. (laughs) Oh my god! No, it pass. It passed like Brenda passed her driver's test. Yeah, that's that's it. I'm I'm good with that. It passed like UCLA passes its ADA compliance. Ooh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, it it passes. So I guess it gets. What would you say passing is like a C? C. You can pass with a D. 
Oh, true. D for driver's license. <laughs> C for compliance. That yeah. works. Yeah. <laughs> B for... Bobby. Bobby. Brandon. Brenda. Oh, yeah. Did somebody say that? Yeah. They said it at the beginning. I think Kelly, when she walks up to the house at the first point, she's like, Bobby, Brandon, Brenda. That's really cute. And he's uh-huh. like, yeah, it makes you want to throw up, doesn't it? <laughs> it yes. does. He's yes, it adorable. Does. And they're all flirty. Yeah, the B's and the D's. B's and the D's. The The terrible. Just going to bring that one back. Also, Kelly and Kyle. Oh. Like, there are more letters in the alphabet. You're right. Dylan, David, Donna. Ooh. Um. Speaking of other letters in the alphabet, A for Andrea, we did forget when there's one more scene that Emily Valentine is in <laughs> because she transfers into journalism and Andrea is just like, get away from Brandon. Dude, she hates her. <laughs> she was just like, what are you doing here? We could use another body in sports. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, Brandon. <laughs> also, he she's was so excited. Did you see his little face? He was like, <gasps> She totally pulls a Paris and gives her this shitty article. Oh, yeah. She was just like, she, oh, God, she has such a good, like, bitchy move. She was like, you know what we really need? (laughs) Someone to cover the PTA PTA. bake sales. We totally dropped the ball on the bake sale. Get out. Like you would ever drop a ball, Andrea. I know. Andrea probably had an article written and then just, like, crumpled it up and was like, we don't have one. We She's really like, dropped it. Yes, I don't have to write this article now. I feel like <laughs> she is probably, this is the, probably the only time she's willing to sacrifice the quality on the paper just to keep this girl away from Brandon. <laughs> totally. Like she is like, I've written the greatest article about bake sales and the history of the PTA at this school and it is a daring expose on mother-daughter relationships. But you know what? I, I think you need to handle this. <laughs> but I will sacrifice it for the name of Brondria. Brondria, yes. Brondria. <laughs> so good. Yeah, and I think I think that's, that's truly it. it. Yeah, that's truly it. Yeah. So next week. Pass. Yeah, just a pass. <laughs> um, but next week we've got season two, episode twelve, down and out of district in Beverly Hills. And I accidentally Ooh. selected the wrong episode when I was going on my DVD, so I saw the first three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, don't tell us what happens. My lips are sealed. Until next week. Yeah. But yeah, so meanwhile, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Back2Podcast. Or you can send us your thoughts and emails at Back2Podcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. You can also leave us a five-star rating interview on iTunes, and we'll give you a shout-out at the end. Um, Those are really what helps us. It helps people find us. It helps the whole, like apple podcast algorithmy thingy Mm -hmm. to like get us more visible so we really appreciate those yeah spread the word yeah tell your friends but then after all that and this wonderful episode we'll be back next week so from all of us at back to podcast i'm caitlin i'm ariel i'm mary bye see you